You're listening to the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, hosted by Zach Ragtold and Matt Franks. For the month of January, the Bearded Theologians will be looking at the word discipleship, and we'll be offering many views from blogs to interviews to the Beardcast focusing on discipleship making. And so we hope that you check us out at beardedtheologians.com. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. Um, this month, we're kicking off a month of looking at discipleship. And on our blog, we have some uh, really great blog posts lined out and some other great content heading your way this month as we talk about discipleship. We found it that it's a very fitting month to, to do that as people are looking at New Year's resolutions and looking at ways to shape and change ourselves. And we find that um, what a better way to do that and talking about discipleship. And so, um, Zach, uh, this week we're going to talk about uh, the meaning of discipleship, and then we'll look at um, a later week at a biblical understanding and then uh, the uh, personal and then the communal practices of those. And so um, this week as we talk about uh, discipleship, Zach, uh, what does that mean for you as you think about that? You know, for me, it's um... – it's a it's a tough deal because we we talk about discipleship a lot discipleship a lot but we don't always <laughs> define it and um, it's one of those words that's really really hard to uh, to define because we can get really really in depth with it uh, and get super deep and super theological on it or we can go way too simple um, and I think there's a good uh, middle ground there in in finding ways to convey what discipleship is so that both children, um, adults, new people to faith, old people to faith can identify and um, really live into that. And so for me, as I, as I try to decide, define discipleship in my congregations and my personal life, um, I try to, I, I have the tendency to make it too difficult. Well, discipleship is this, 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 and this. And if I'm not doing this, well, I'm not really disciple, you know? And so I, I'm working really hard to find that middle ground and it being just that invitation from Christ to follow him, um, which may be oversimplified, but I don't, I don't think it is. That's the invitation that he made to uh, the first disciples. And I think it's the same invitation that he makes to us is to simply follow him. And then we get the meat and potatoes of it as we see, uh, Jesus live out his life and carry out his ministry, uh, as well as the disciples and all of those who have gone before us. Um, and so that's not really a definition, but that's kind of the way that I, I kind of view discipleship currently and, and have grown to really look at that. For me, it's, I, I struggle with it because, um, it's used lately more like a buzzword, like we're, we're making, you know, we, we have to have our discipleship process. We have to have our disciple, whatever, you know, we, we use that word kind of like we use vital and, and I really struggle with that. Um, for me, like, um, I kind of lean back on the, the Methodist, uh, mission statement that, uh, discipleship making, uh, occurs and, and the local church provides the most significant arena for that to happen to a point. But I, but for me, like when I think about discipleship, I think of, um, you know, who's our teacher? Um, who are we following? Um, hopefully it's Jesus and we're listening to what Jesus says. And, you know, in, in the Methodist tradition, Wesley kind of looked at it uh, in the sense of works of piety and works of mercy. Um, mm-hmm. And um, we've, we've taken that and we've done a really good job with that in some ways and others we've struggled. Um, but as I think of discipleship, um, I think of belief uh, plus action equals transformation. Um, and that comes from uh, 
one of the many other studies I've done over the years uh, in working uh, within the church. Um, but I really like that belief plus action equals transformation. And I think that that's the, the thing is that you've got to be asking yourself, if you're serving in mission, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love feeding people because that's what Jesus did. Uh, he fed people both spiritually and uh, physically with food. And that is something I'd love to do. And it's the reason why I cling so close to Jesus on those statements when he talks about feeding people and tending to people, because that's, that's what we're called to do is to really take care of one another. And the more that we do that, um, the better off we are. And, and to me, that's what discipleship is. It, it's nurturing people, helping people learn and understand Jesus, not only for yourself, but for the people around you that, that can see that you are truly a follower of Jesus. And, you know, disciple, uh, when you boil down the word, really means learner. And so when we learn to be a disciple, we're learning to do that because of Jesus. I mean, that's who we follow. Um, and so that's kind of where I like hang my hat, so to speak. Sure. You know, and, and you're right. Discipleship's become a buzzword, at least, I, I would say, in many denominations as well as the Methodist Church. I mean, we all cling to we're going to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, but we can't often tell you how or what that is. Um, you know, I've I've run into so many churches that well, what's your what's your mission statement? Well, that's our mission statement. Well, what's your vision statement? Well, they're they're the same. No, 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 <laughs> they're not. Your, your vision is how you carry out your mission, right? And so, um, you know, if you're going to make disciples, how are you going to do that? You know, and, and what is a disciple first? And so we really do have to be, we have to understand what the word means. Uh, not only as, as a whole for our churches, uh, but for ourselves. And if, if discipleship's learner, uh, where are we going to learn? Uh, you know, are we going out and reading and praying and, um, you know, reading blogs and scripture and, you know, where are we learning from people who are also disciples about how uh, and where Jesus is calling us? And I think too often we get caught up in, well, we've got to make disciples. So we got to go get people and bring people into the church, but people coming into the church you know, numbers don't translate into disciples, you know, butts and beds or butts and pews, however you want to look at it, don't always translate. Um, it's, what are you doing? How, why are you doing missions? Uh, you know, why are you feeding people? Um, why do you come to church on a Sunday morning? Why do you open up scripture and, and read and pray over it and, and do these things? We got to be able to answer those questions as well. And, and I think that that's where the struggle is, is when we talk about discipleship, the, the 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 reality is there's no magic pill to it, um, mm-hmm. and that each context has to have uh, its different take on it, and that we can't just say, well, you know, here's the program. Uh, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to make disciples. Um, it really doesn't work that way. Uh, mm-hmm. The way to make disciples is do it like Jesus did and to get to know the people and to love on the people and then to help them see where God is at work in the world mm-hmm. and, and to continue to live that out in their daily lives. You know, one of the things that we talk about around here is, you know, how are you living God's way? And the way that we view living God's way is by uh, living into those three simple rules, doing good, doing no harm and staying in love with God. Um, and then, you know, part of our, 
discipleship making process here is how are you sharing God's story? How are you sharing with God being active into the world, not only in your mm-hmm. personal journey, but also in the corporate world, you know, where you see things going on in God at work, whether you had a direct hand involved with it, or if it's something that you're, uh, you know, you just heard and it's a great story. Um, and then to serve God's people, um, you know, I, I draw on for me, the, the biblical basis of that is, you know, Jesus called us to serve, not to be served. And mm-hmm. um, in the midst of our struggles, no matter if, you know, if we just lost a loved one, we can still be in service to other people by being maybe uh, a shoulder to cry on or to, to just be uh, present. Um, and, um, and I think that we've made discipleship making hard because mm-hmm. we think the world has changed and in a way it has but people still desire relationships. People still desire authenticity. Um, people still want you to be your authentic self and not to be someone you're not. And, um, you know, there's that, there's that article floating around the web about what millennials want in the church and they want real authentic people. I think that's every generation. And I think that we can't just like pigeonhole, like we shouldn't just want to go get millennials. Jesus called us to go make disciples of the whole world, not just a particular age group for a particular reason. Um, And we've got to get this notion of the future church out of our head and and pay attention to what's around us right now, because that's where the harvest is and the harvest is plenty. And if we're not going to, um, be willing to make disciples today, we're not going to make disciples of, of the next generation. Um, and right. I think that that's, that's the world that we live in today. Oh, it is. And, you know, and, and that's the thing I get, and I know you get this question all the time uh, about, well, how, how are we going to get young people in the church? How do we go get, uh, you know, the college students, the youth, you know, young adults? And it's, it's not a matter of going and getting young people. It's a matter of going and getting people. And, um, you know, I've told you this story, but I'll, I'll tell it to all of our listeners. I, I had a, uh, the church that I serve is, is a church merger. So we have two campuses and in, in two different towns and uh, our smaller campus, it's an aging congregation. Uh, it's in a town of about uh, 1200 people or so. And um, they're, they're the sweetest little church and they don't, they, they are an aging congregation, but they don't act like it, or at least they haven't in the last six months. And one of the matriarchs of, of the church asked me um, not too long ago, she said, you know, I, I, you've, I, I know your career, you've worked with a lot of young people and youth and, and you get in the pulpit on Sunday morning. She's like, I get it. I get who you're looking at. Uh, we're old and, and we can accept that. She said, but what is it like to, to stand in, in front of us and, and, and preach and, and just look out and, you know, what, what goes through your mind when you look at us? And, and what she was asking was, how can you serve a church that's older and, and find hope in that? And I, I simply told her, I said, look, um, my, my philosophy is not to go and get young people um, and to focus solely on that because there are plenty of other people in this community. And said, so if you take the demographic of our community and you look at all the stats and figures and stuff, who's here? Well, it's not young people. So how do we go get young people if they're not even here? And, and I told her, I said, it's not a matter of going and getting young people to revitalize this church and what we're doing here. It's a matter of going and getting people. Uh, and I said, I don't really care if they're young or old or in between. Let's go get them. And her eyes lit up and was like, well, yeah, of course. You know, and, and she, she began to find hope in, in knowing that I don't think it's all about young people or going and getting the millennials or, or things like that, but that I find hope in just getting people in our doors to hear the message. 
to hear the good news. And um, I think we've lost that in trying to go get the various generations and demographics and um, trying to boost our numbers and uh, in worship rather than focusing on discipleship and what that means. And I think that the, when we think about discipleship, uh, for me, you know, um, one book that I hang my hat on on discipleship, at least the, I use the title because it's actually the title, is The Cost of Discipleship by uh, Bonhoeffer. And uh, there's several great quotes in there. And the one that um, kind of rings to me, and, and it's actually marked in my book with the only tab out that hangs out of that book. But <laughs> the life of discipleship is not the hero worship we would pay a good master but the obedience to the son of God. And I think with discipleship, we have to be careful uh, that we as pastors and as lay, I, th- I think lady also have this problem too. Uh, of course I can't speak to that cause I'm not, I haven't been one in a long time, but I think um, sometimes the uh, pastors will make disciples of themselves versus mm-hmm. disciples of Jesus. And I think that we have to be honest about that and say, you know, Hey, I do this because of my faith in Jesus Christ, you know, and that's something that I always share with my congregation that I serve in is that the reason why we're doing good things is because we are being faithful to Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just a, I'm just a vessel that God is using, but God is the reason that we're doing this, not me. You know, I had, I had that conversation with uh, one of my Wesley students a couple years ago when I was at the Wesley Foundation. Um, we, we got into this conversation of, of discipleship, and, and she said, well, we're, we're disciples of you. And I, it, it took me back a little bit. I was like, I don't, I don't like that at all. That's not why I'm here is to make many disciples of me. I, don't follow me. Follow Jesus. I, I just, the vessel in which Jesus is using to share that news uh, as well as you are uh you know this person and you and and everybody listening you know we're um you know that's that's how god works he works through us but uh it did it that her statement of that and she really truly believed it well well you're a disciple of jesus and we're learning from you so aren't we disciples of you uh i was like oh no let's not do that i don't want to play that game because I'm, I'm just a person and I'm going to sorely disappoint you <laughs> uh, when it comes down to it. It's, it's Jesus. And Jesus is the one we're called to follow. Um, not anybody else. And so as we think about discipleship and, and, and this is like, we, we recognize that this is one of those um, things that we can spend years and years and, and, Tons of stuff on. I, I think we'll revisit this one a couple of times. Um, we are going to spend the uh, next uh, at least three weeks talking about it, um, and in our blog as well, we're going to have several blog posts. Um, Derek Belay's, uh, uh wrote a great blog this week on discipleship, and mm-hmm. uh, next week Ashley Franks is going to. Um, she has a really good one on uh, hand, handling children and discipleship, uh, and, and I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. I'm saying that she has. <laughs> She has uh, some great years of experience. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, she's done some miraculous and, and awesome things on really no budget. And so she gets it. Um, and so uh, we encourage you to read the blog and, and continue the conversation about uh, the word discipleship. And what does that mean to you in your context? Um, and how do you do that in your church or in your uh, community that you're part of? 
We, we definitely love to hear from you uh, and hear your part of the conversation. Post on our Facebook page, on the Twitters, on the Instagram, uh, on YouTube, wherever you listen to us. Uh, feel free to leave a comment and carry on the conversation. Um, we, we love having those conversations with you. and We love hearing from you. Um, as we move forward, like Matt said, we've, we've got a lot of content on discipleship coming out. Don't forget to check out the blog, um, as well as all of the other things at beardedtheologians.com. Um, please uh, don't forget to share us. Uh, if you like what you hear, read, uh, please share it on, on the social media, wherever it may be, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and so on. Um, but we want to, uh, we want to thank you. You can check out the website for all the blogs, uh, the posts, the Beardcast also. We have really great gear. You can't get one of these mugs. It's a one of a kind, but stickers and shirts and, and other kinds of mugs like these ones, the beards. And we have some new stuff coming out daily. Um, not daily. That's, that's, I oversold this. Uh, periodically. <laughs> when we have nothing better to do in the creative juices are flowing, we uh, create stuff on Zassel because, well, we live in small communities where there's not much entertainment. And so... And all of our free time, we <laughs> wasted on this. It's great. <laughs> That's what our wives so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it is, it is. And they love us dearly, so they're honest. Uh, but anyways, we thank you for checking us out. You can find more at beardedtheologians.com. And stay tuned with us as uh, we talk about discipleship through the rest of January. For the Bearded Theologians, I'm Zach Bechtold. And I'm Matt Franks. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians Beardcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians or look at our other content, go online at beardedtheologians.com. And also don't forget to pick up one of those beautiful coffee mugs or t-shirts that we have on our website as well.